Jewel Radio presents What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use. Hello, everyone. I'm Christine Bentley, and welcome to What She Said, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. Kate Wheeler is on vacation, enjoying Rio for her wedding anniversary this weekend, but you will hear her in our first segment with MJ Decoteau, who is the founder and executive director of Rethink Breast Cancer. MJ is going to tell us about their new campaign designed to educate and engage Teens in Breast Health, a great cause that we all support here at What She Said. A new book called My Courage to Tell is shining a light on abuse from a sibling's perspective. Tonight, author Laura Corbeth is going to tell us her story about her struggle to overcome the trauma from a childhood of abuse at the hands of her bullying brother. This is quite a story, heartfelt very courageous of Laura to share this story with people who may now speak out about this kind of abuse, which is not really talked about much. We'll also be joined by HR professional Nicole Gallus. She is the driving force behind foodgrads.com, a website that is helping close the gap between recent graduates and the food and beverage industry. And we have um, basically a situation where the industry is saying they can't find the grads to fill the jobs, and the grads are not sure what jobs are really available. And so this is going to close the gap. And if you have a son, daughter, granddaughter, grandson, anybody uh, who's about to graduate or go into this field, this is well worth listening to. Musicologist Eric Alper is going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 2018 nominees. And you want to hear about this because you can vote until December, I believe, on who you think should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Foodie Charmaine Broughton will have weeknight supper solutions brought to you by Walmart Canada. And as usual, um, her weeknight supper solutions that take her like two minutes to make um, look fabulous, taste fabulous, and everybody loves them. And they're also extremely nutritious. And singing us out in our live studio sessions is Toronto folk artist Lydia Persaud, and she has brought her ukulele. What she said and Best Buy Canada want to help you take charge of your health. We're giving away a Fitbit charge to fitness tracker through our newsletter. Head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. Look for the subscribe button. We'll be sending out another newsletter shortly with the link for new subscribers. And we're also giving away a copy of the Edgy Veg 138 Carnivore vegan recipes by Candace Hutchings on what she said talk.com so don't go anywhere we're talking breast health and education on what she said right after the break join us October 22nd at Bellevue Manor in Vaughan for a morning of fun learning and great camaraderie learn how to stay sharp as you age with guest speakers Dr. Vivian Brown Dr. Nazarene Katri and MC Camilla Scott a wonderful morning of breakfast entertainment special treats and all proceeds go to Mackenzie Health Foundation to support the Domestic Assault and Sexual Abuse Center go to thejoyofaging.ca for more info and see you on October 22nd Teenagers are bombarded with information and misinformation about breast health and cancer. But while they're aware of the disease, results from a new survey show they don't know many of the facts for themselves. Joining us tonight to discuss this is MJ Dakoto, the founder and executive director of Rethink Breast Cancer. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so results from a survey by Rethink and Asking Canadians of 800-plus teens across Canada and the United States found that youth overestimate their risk of breast cancer, and they don't know the truth about the disease at all. Yeah, awareness of breast cancer is really high, but knowledge of the facts is really low. So that's a problem. And it's something, you know, as a breast cancer organization, we're obviously out there raising awareness. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. There's pink everywhere. So people think they know about breast cancer, and that includes teens. They're seeing, you know, breast cancer, the cause everywhere. And 
they are overestimating their risk. They're not realizing that, you know, as a teen, their chance is 0.06% of getting breast cancer under 20. They're hearing those statistics like, oh, one in nine women will get breast cancer. They don't realize that's a lifetime risk. So that means if we all live to 85, that's the stat. They're thinking, oh my gosh, like next month, one of us of this group of nine, we might get breast cancer. You know, it's, it's tricky for us because we want to show urgency. Yeah. We also support young women dealing with breast cancer. So we're out there, you know, showing those unique needs, but so we don't want to scare teens. But you're, but you're saying that they're overestimating their risk. They, so, they are. Okay. I so, would have thought you would have been concerned about people underestimating it. Well, but when you it's don't want so a panic low. state. Yeah, it's so, the, the risk of a teen getting breast cancer is so low. We don't want them walking around fearing that they're going to get breast cancer at any minute. We want them to know what they can do to reduce their lifetime risk so that they mm -hmm. develop healthy habits now. We want to dispel some of those internet rumors like, Underwire bras do not cause breast cancer. So don't, you know, hear that information or see it somewhere posted and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get breast cancer. Or my mom's going to get breast cancer from her underwire bra. No, that's not Different true. Different deodorants. Mm -hmm. yeah. her too. So, like that, so yeah. let's talk a little bit about these myths because mm. for those people listening, uh, that'd be great, great to know which ones to dismiss. Yeah, well, definitely uh, the underwire bras, um, size of your breast is not a factor. So teens either thinking like, oh, I have really small breasts, I won't get breast cancer ever. Or if you have if you're more endowed, that means I'm automatically going to get breast cancer. Um, just not understanding that breasts have normal changes, especially during puberty and teens and early, early adult um, hood. There's lots going on with your bodies. So it doesn't mean that if you find a lump, it's automatically breast cancer. A lot of them assumed that in the survey. Mm -hmm. um, everything from, you know, cell phones, that there's a misperception among teens. I think 71% of the teens surveyed uh, believed that cell phones caused breast cancer. So those are those, you know, it's complicated information. And we do want people to be aware of, you know, toxins in our environment. And, you know, but this is really you know, tough to prove direct cause and effect and the scientific evidence isn't there yet. So exercise caution, but don't be freaked out and panicked and thinking. Yeah, constantly waiting for tomorrow when you're going to yeah, get it. Having, having internet rumors scare you right. too much. What about the awareness of boys? Because men also get breast cancer. Right. Yeah. So uh, boys were included in the survey and um we were, I was pleased that quite a few of them did understand that breast cancer affects both men and women. Uh, the, the boys in the survey um, had more questions, I believe. Um, their understanding of breast cancer was lower than, than the women. They were still very concerned about breast cancer. So that's, I mean, to your point, that is a good thing that teens are aware of the cause and how it affects people. It's just so important that they have the right information and that they know, A, like, what they should do to reduce their lifetime risk, uh, what not to worry about, how they can support a loved one if they have a mother or grandmother going through breast cancer. Uh, that was um, another myth that, you know, teens can't do anything to support someone who's dealing with breast cancer, and that's not true. There's a lot that teens, teens can do just even by being present and showing up and in their own teenage way, as they do, um, you know, supporting a loved one. So tell us about the boobies hotline. So it's a throwback to the retro idea of, um, of a hotline. So, you know, we know that talking about breasts can be uncomfortable for some young women, uh, you know, boobs. You know, some women are talking to their parents about, uh, about these um, issues and about the breast cancer cause. But we wanted to just, they have lots of questions and they aren't feeling comfortable asking them. So the chat bot is a really fun way that they can log on and ask any question. It's all pre-programmed. It's on our website, 800-8135.com. Um, there's a super fun video to kind of plays up the idea of, of, you know, teens not having the correct information. It's, um, it's playing off Mean Girls, a particular scene in Mean Girls called Broken Telephone, where 
the girls are talking and misinformation is getting mm -hmm. circulated on the phone. So in our in our video, it's really cute. I mean, the girls are just getting it all wrong and scaring each other. And someone said, I heard it has something to do with jeans. And uh, one of the young girls is like, really? I'm wearing jeans right now. <laughs> you know, so yeah. these are the kind of, uh, you know, they're hearing bits, they're hearing things out there and they're, they're misinterpreting. So we want to clear the confusion. They can go onto the chat bot. There's all kinds of information on the website at 800-8135.com. Uh, but it's really fun. They can, they're used to chatting and texting and this and Facebook Messenger. So it's a way they can ask, they can ask anything about breasts and breast health. Why do you think there is so much misinformation out there? Because it's been such a, a hot button topic for a long time. As I said, I think awareness about breast cancer is really high, but digging deeper, these are complicated issues. And we live in such, I think, a fast culture, um, looking at a lot of things really quickly, almost on a surface level, not taking the time to dig deeper. So our job is to grab their attention with the chat bot, grab their attention with the video, and hopefully engage them enough that they are delving deeper into our blog posts or talking to the chat bot and getting a little bit more of a deeper conversation happening. Now, in addition to the hotline, there are T-shirts and a launch video, mm -hmm. artwork. You have a ton of corporate supporters who yes. really have, have uh, lifted this up. Lifted. I heard you have enjoyed our Nick's Wear bra. Oh, yes, important. I've already talked about it. No, no, yes. No. Yeah, no, we do have a lot of great corporate supporters and just so proud that they're supporting our education work, our educating young, young people about the cause, but also support for our patients, um, some of our advocacy work we're doing, and, you know, everything from I'm wearing today this beautiful Smythe blazer. They did a limited edition pink. Um, it's the Duchess blazer to Jenny Bird is doing necklaces. Tea Pigs is supporting well, and the, us. And the H&M boobies t-shirt. Yes, H &M, 800 the H&M 800 t-shirt campaign. Nick, There's five beautiful designs. Nick Swear is doing a pink bras. Nick There's Swear. a beautiful chair. Yes, it's absolutely stunning. A designer chair, um, $500, but it is beautiful. And all proceeds are going to rethink. So that's a generous partnership. EOS. Um, Carol Baker Visage. I mean, just so There's many a tool great set too. And I can't remember who, but but Canadian Tire, Tire Pink. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> needs a tool set, oh, and they're good. They're good tools. They actually. They are. I love tools. when partnerships are are actually a product that you will use and wear and enjoy and yeah, yeah. absolutely, and support the cause. Same. So, what can we all do in our own little way, even those of, those of us who may, may not be part of your organization, mm -hmm. to help empower young people worldwide and maybe not so young people who are misinformed, um, who are concerned about and affected by breast cancer? I think if we're touched, everyone is touched mm -hmm. by it. I mean, we keep um, one of our core messages is to talk to your healthcare provider because they can, you know, it really starts with understanding your own personal risk. So that's a message we really want people to take to heart. Um, maybe you do have a high family history and you should be considering genetic testing. Uh, maybe your average risk. What will happen is your doctor will run you through that and will help you understand, okay, what should my breast health plan be? Um, what What is my level of risk? And from there, you can take action. But it really starts with having that conversation with your doctor and understanding where you're at. Everything's become personalized. Medicine is personalized now. And we're really behind that message. All right. So rethinkbreastcancer.com is the place where, where you can start. But um, there's also the 800-8135.com. That in particular is for our teens and young adults. Right. And I don't know if you picked up on it, but that's uh, boobies spelt on a calculator. Again, yes, a retro, kind of a retro throwback. There's a lot of retro stuff out there. We've got Booby Ball happening in five cities across the country. You can check out boobyball.com. That's another thing people can do to support young people because all the funds from that event go back to our education and our support for young people affected. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me on. This is what she said. Stay with us. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. 
Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies? Don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, that no. does it I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy, who loves a good film. We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35-plus. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Welcome back. A new website is trying to close the gap between recent graduates and the food and beverage industry. Joining us now is Nicole Gallus, the driving force behind foodgrads.com. Welcome to what she said. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're an HR professional, and you saw the need to create a focus platform after speaking with various food industry professionals. Tell us what you kept hearing that inspired this. So, um... I would be talking to students and grads and um, they would say, I can't get a job, number one. And then on the flip side, on the employer side, I would hear time and time again that, um, you know, there aren't enough students, there aren't enough grads um, coming into the industry. So I definitely thought there's a there's a huge gap here that needs to be filled. Um, you know, whether it's a communication thing or whether the students are coming out of school with the right uh, qualifications and skills, there's a, there's a big gap. So... Um, I started free grads a year and a half ago to try and uh, fill that gap and hope that my 10 years previously in, um, in recruitment and all the connections I've made and, and great people in the industry would sort of collaborate and help me uh, support students and grads. So, uh, Nicole, tell me, where is the lack of qualified people from the, from the hiring end? What are so, they saying that they can't find? I think the biggest thing, the biggest um, missing ingredient, no pun, <laughs> mm. is, um, is the experience part. So students and grads are coming out, grads are coming out with a degree, for example, in food science. And for a lot of small and medium companies, um, knowing that 96% of food companies in the Toronto area are under 100 people, uh, under 100 employees, um, they need people that can hit the floor running. Um, you know, you, if you come out with just your degree and no hands-on industry experience, it's very challenging for a small organization, you know, for, for a startup or a small business who um, the plant manager is the general manager, is the HR manager, you know, they're wearing many, many hats and they can't necessarily handhold and train. So they need new grads that can come into the, to the company that can sort of hit the floor running, so to speak. And I'm not sure that gap is being filled. I, I think the onus is on the food industry itself to provide more co-op opportunities and internships and whether mm -hmm. it's volunteer, you know, to provide more opportunities to, to get this important, uh, you know, hands-on relevant industry experience. Well, for those of us who aren't in the business, you're talking about food science. Yeah. What does that mean? Is that a, 
uh, a chef? Yes. Is that somebody who's running the logistics? Hmm. Is what? What? So who is that? Person? Exactly. Your, the the point um, again. Another reason for starting food grads is people don't know. Um, when kids think about a career in the food industry, they think of chef. And I think the celebrity chefs Food Network have done mm-hmm. a fantastic job of making that look like an amazing career, which it is. Um, but there's so many more opportunities, to career paths in the food and beverage industry. Um, food scientists, engineers. What does food scientists do? So they're the folks that uh, formulate. I mean, I'm not a food scientist, so no. <laughs> I'm going to um, try but my best. Generally speaking, yeah, right? they uh, they're the folks in a lab um, or on. Uh, they oh. they basically. Um, so what a chef makes, they will take that recipe and create. Um, a product so that it can be made into Scaled. mass scales. Yes. Yeah, so that it's. Um, what about an engineer? So a food engineer. Um, there's a ton of different opportunities. Um, chemical engineers, industrial engineers. You know, um, there's so many different facets within the food and beverage industry where somebody with an engineering background, uh, a science background, marketers, HR people. The, the industry needs all these different. Um, people with with those interests but people don't generally think of food it's not sexy you know they think well, of but but it's the, sexy to eat because yes. we have all these foodies <laughs> i mean yeah. when i was younger we weren't exactly foodies but now there's a whole culture of foodies people who want to go out and eat and Absolutely. try something new people who want things delivered people who want you know, farm to table. I mean, food is huge. Yeah. Is it not? I think the millennial generation and, and the, the, the folks coming up behind that, they've done an amazing job of putting a spotlight on the industry itself, like transparency, mm-hmm. labeling. You know, they want to know um, where their food's coming from, um, mm-hmm. what's in it, um, which is fantastic. My goal and my intention is to take those wonderful foodies, that those creative minds and um, energy and, and, and brilliance and bring it into the industry. I think the people that grow, make and sell the food that we eat, they're the game changers. They're the ones yeah. that are going to make the difference. We can't just sort of sit back and say, well, change, you know, big food, change what you're doing. It's the folks that are working in those companies that really have the power to, to change it. So I'm trying to attract more young, <laughs> young, bright, wonderful people to do that. So a year and a half in, uh, what does foodgrads.com exactly do and what has the response been from people from users. From users. So um, students and grads sign up for free. Yeah. Um, the long-term intention is it for almost to become a bit of a, a LinkedIn for food and beverage ah. specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, to offer a mentorship, training, um, skill development, um, an opportunity to gather. And, and what's been amazing with the blog is just to give a voice to the young people in the industry, um, well, certainly that are still um, trying to break into the industry. So, um, you know, students and grads right now, why do you like your course? Why, do you, why are you getting into the food and beverage industry? And they're the most passionate people. And I think their voice, their story will attract other young people. I mean, li- people listen to their peers. So um, ultimately, they're going to be the people that are going to attract more into the industry. And um, on the flip side, I mean, Guelph University just did a, a study and um, for every agri- for every um, four jobs in agri-food, there's only one grad um, coming out with the right qualifications. So there's definitely an opportunity to join an industry where you can stay for life. I mean, food is pretty recession-proof. It, it doesn't go away. Everyone eats, yes, right? Yes, I know. Is that one of the reasons or what are the other reasons you would recommend this industry to somebody? I just think, like, to your point, it's it's a wonderful industry. I mean, when I first started, when I moved to, to Canada from the UK, um, I've been in recruitment for a long time, and I had the uh, choice to working at any industry in recruitment, and I chose food because of the people. Um, maybe, again, because I'm from the UK, but I found them really down to earth. There was no airs and graces, you know. It was it, They're nurturers. They want to feed people, ultimately. So they were just the nicest people to work with um, from my perspective as a recruiter. So, you know, I think it's an industry where you, you know, young people could look at it and say, I can make a difference in the world, whether it's packaging and, and changing um, packaging to to serve the environment, you know, less packaging in our oceans, um, whether it's activism, you know, you, you um, care about animals and that's your entry point. There are so many different entry points into, into the food industry, something that you care passionately about that you mm-hmm. can bring to the industry and as a career path. So graduates of all fields can use the resources to get training and make the connections to enter the industry. Tell us uh, what steps they need to take when they first go on the site. 
So it's really user-friendly. Um, you basically set up a, a profile like mm -hmm. you would with LinkedIn or Facebook or any mm -hmm. of the other um, social platforms. Um, add your resume, build your resume within the system. Um, we've tried to make it a little bit more user-friendly for students and grads because while mm -hmm. LinkedIn is amazing and I use it every day, um, it wasn't designed for students and grads. And so I think um, we've definitely tried to develop a site that um, appeals more to, to them, You know, enables them to showcase their skills and experience I mean it's very hard to go on LinkedIn and it says you know what are your skills well you're a new grad you know it's hard right <laughs> yeah. it's really difficult and so um, again through the platform through foodgrads.com I want to encourage students and grads to work with me as well I mean we're we're non-funded um, it's a startup so any help is amazing and so um, I'm looking at students and grads saying well, what do you want to do when they come to me and, and um, you know whatever their passion is I've got a few right now a couple started a YouTube channel for me um, another guy actually out of uh, the States um, came to me almost a year ago and said, I want to start a podcast. So he started the My Food Job Rocks podcast, which um, he's up to almost 100 episodes and he's done a fantastic job. He just celebrates the people and professions in food and talks to people all different, you know, whether they're a food scientist or a food safety person. And, you know, you get to hear from the horse's mouth how they started, what, what they did um, from an education standpoint and, and how they've progressed in their career. In one sentence, what are you, uh, what's next for the site? Next for the site is um, definitely creating um, more um, resources um, for the students and grads. I mean, ultimately, that is what it's what it's for. Um, on the flip side, we need to get employers involved because without the industry supporting food grads, you know, it's, it's going to be very challenging to keep going. As I mentioned, we're non-funded. So we need the support of the food industry as a whole. Um, and they need to sort of look at it as an insurance policy, you know, um, we're busy trying to yeah. add to the pipeline to bring more people so that they can fill the roles they'll have. So so for all you businesses out there and all you food grads, foodgrads.com, and you can connect with Nicole Gallus, uh, who we thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so evening. much. I really appreciate you having me. <laughs> this is what she said. We'll be right back. you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss with added B vitamins for energy and leucine. Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition. When Candace Derricks tells people where to go, they listen. Hmm, an all-inclusive is sounding pretty nice right now. Ooh! <laughs> Let me see food and travel and exactly, what else. Exactly, right? There's nothing else in life. It's food and no. travel as far as I'm concerned. So you want to do all your investigation up front. These are really, really, really good tips. Pleasantville is on our bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> We've got expert travel tips and tricks from Candace at lifeinpleasantville.com. Weekends on What She Said Talk. Join us October 22nd at Bellevue Manor in Vaughan for a morning of fun, learning, and great camaraderie. Learn how to stay sharp as you age with guest speakers Dr. Vivian Brown, Dr. Nazarene Katri, and MC Camilla Scott. A wonderful morning of breakfast, entertainment, special treats, and all proceeds go to Mackenzie Health Foundation to support the Domestic Assault and Sexual Abuse Center. Go to thejoyofaging.ca for more info and see you on October 22nd. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Radio. 
Welcome back to What She Said. It's time now for On the Record with musicologist Eric Alper, brought to you by Roar Records. And tonight we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 2018 nominees. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. So this is the time when geeks like myself start going through that list, going through all 19 names and trying to figure out who is a shoo-in and who's not. So the starting lineup for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, but not necessarily these people are all going to get in. They include Bon Jovi, Kate Bush, The Cars, Depeche Mode, Dire Straits, Eurythmics, Jay Giles Band, Judas Priest, LL Cool J, MC5, The Meters, The Moody Blues, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Rufus and Shaka Khan, Nina Simone, Sister Rosita Tharp, Link Ray, and The Zombies. Now, there's no real indication of how many people get in because it's all done by secret vote, but there is a fan vote that all fans can go to rockhall.com and choose who they want to see in, and it closes on December the 5th at midnight. The announcement of who will be in will be shortly afterwards, and the induction ceremony happens on April the 14th in Cleveland. But just because we're all betting people, here are the five people that I think are shooing to get in, starting at the top with Bon Jovi, because they've sold 120 million albums, they've done 2,600 concerts around the world, they've seen a million faces, and as the song goes, they've rocked them all. They are a shoo-in for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can bet on that one. Depeche Mode, this is their second nomination into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were also on the list in 2017. Last year, they earned a massive following by pushing the sonic and lyrical boundaries with new synthesizer technology, captivating live performances. They're still vital, still vibrant, put out a great new album this year, did a sold-out North American tour, and how is it that a band can be on the cutting edge over three decades, it's easy when you're Depeche Mode. They are my second lock for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dire Straits, they got their money for nothing and chicks for free. That <laughs> is from their massive album, Brothers in Arms, which uh, back in the 80s, if you weren't really around... If you had a CD player, you definitely had this CD. It sold over 20 million copies around the world. This is a band for all time. Mark Knopfler, the lead singer and guitarist, is one of the greatest guitarists in music history uh, and uh, just completely out of the world. So Dire Straits is my third lock. In 1980, Kate Bush was the first British solo female artist to have a number one album on the UK charts. Think about that. Music was around on the charts for 30 years when it came to popular music, and it took till 1980 for a woman without playing in a band to have a number one album. More than three decades later, in 2014, she returned to the stage to over 20 sold-out shows in the UK. She had eight albums on the UK charts simultaneously, the first woman in history to do so. She is hugely influential, including Lord, who happens to love her to death. That's Kate Bush. She is my fourth lock for the induction ceremonies at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Nina Simone, her first eligible year in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was 1983 and then didn't get in 
And now it's her time in 2018. Her voice saying what it meant to be young, gifted, and black in sometimes an unjust world. She can sing anything, period. She's one of the greatest singers of all time. And artists like John Legend, Common, Alicia Keys, Kanye West have all used her voice and music in their own songs. She, Nina Simone is going to be what I think is going to be the fifth lock into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if I'm wrong on any of these accounts, we're going to burn this tape. But if I'm <laughs> right on all of them, well, then I'm just a genius. Quickly, Eric, where yeah. can people go to vote? They can go to rockhall.com and they have until December the 5th at midnight to vote for their favorite performer. Eric Alper, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you very much for having me. On the Record is brought to you by Roar Records. Download the new single Rise by Elise Saunders based on the heroic story of Olympian and Pan Am medalist Jessica Phoenix. We are Well, if trying to find weeknight supper solutions has become a pain, never fear. Our food expert, Charmaine Broughton, is, is here. here. Yay. <laughs> um, okay, so Walmart. We've been yes. hearing a lot about the, the, the food at Walmart, um, the great produce at Walmart, and right. the recipes. Yes, the recipes at Walmart. Uh, walmart.ca slash recipe center are amazing. And today I am going to be chatting about three uh, really delicious chicken recipes because chicken, it's a family favorite, mm -hmm. but we can only eat so much, you know, chicken pot pie or chicken casserole, right? Obviously, you don't <laughs> know me that well. <laughs> um, but these recipes um, just put a nice little twist to your okay. typical um, uh, chicken uh, recipes. And uh, yeah, what I love about uh, these recipes or what I love about chicken is it's like a blank canvas for a variety of different flavors, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with these recipes, we are going to be tenderizing all of the chicken with great value yogurt, okay? okay. So we're using that as opposed to maybe like uh, a barbecue sauce or so on. So the first one is the coconut chicken fingers. And these are delicious, and they've got like a real you had You had me at coconut. At coconut, <laughs> right? Uh, so these ones have like a real Polynesian flair. So what we're going to do is you're going to take your chicken breast, you're going to slice them up, and you're going to take some of the great value uh, vanilla yogurt, believe it or not, okay. with some sriracha and lime zest and garlic. And with the sriracha and garlic, I mean, you can add as much or as little that works for your family. So I always say if it's your first date, maybe don't add any garlic. If you've been married for 16 years like me, add as much Go as you Go for it. <laughs> and you're going to uh, marinate the uh, chicken breast in the uh, mixture th that you've made with the sriracha and the vanilla yogurt. And then you're going to uh, dip it into some coconut flakes and bake it off, right? So it, this is really easy because a traditional chicken finger, you're dipping it in the uh, flour and then the eggs and then the breadcrumb of choice. Okay, let me ask you something. You said coconut yeah. flakes. Now, right. is this an actual flake or is it desiccated coconut? Right. There's so the, many different types of Yeah, coconut. so you're just going to, you want to use the unsweetened medium desiccated coconut. Okay, mm -hmm. unsweetened medium desiccated right. coconut. I mean, Thank you can you. really use whatever you whatever kind of coconut you okay. want. Just make sure it's shelled. <laughs> um, and these are d delicious. And then you want to save a little bit of the marinade for your dipping, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one nice uh, dinner solution if your family likes chicken fingers. Then the next one is the curry chicken salad. So I really like this. Um, it's almost like a twist on a Waldorf salad. So for this, we're going to take a whole rotisserie chicken. So the chicken's already cooked for you, right? So mm -hmm. weeknight supper solutions and a snap. And then you're going to chop that up off the bone. And this one, we're using some peach yogurt, okay? So some okay. of the uh, peach uh, great value yogurt. And then we're going to add an apple and some nuts of choice, some celery, uh, and some curry paste as well. Can I tell you my trick? Yes, please do. I, be, I take the... the the chicken, the same mm -hmm. way you did. And I use bag of that, um, you know, the broccoli, carrot, cabbage slaw. Oh, that's a great idea. And then add a chopped up apple and, yeah. and mix up the curry with the, you know, the curry paste with a little um, apple cider vinegar and mm. the oil and toss it through. Yeah, what a fabulous like way to add a ton and more veggies. And that's quick. I mean, you've got the cooked chicken. You've sure got it a is. bag of 
uh, the veggies, mm-hmm. um, and you're just chopping up an apple and making the dressing. Yum. There so, you go. Mm-hmm, there you go. Now, this one, um, you know, you can put it into your Boston lettuce leaves. To, oh, that's so nice. For, yeah. for like a more healthier twist. But I will tell you, if if I ever served my kids a salad in a salad, um, <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably pack their bags and leave. Um, that would save me a lot of money on groceries, but I don't want that. Um, so this one I like to serve on like a nice Kaiser bun, right? So that just makes a quick uh, supper solution as well, or even a brown bag lunch. And then last but not least, we have the uh, Greek-style chicken legs and potato salad. So this one, we're just using the uh, plain uh, uh, great value um, yogurt. And we are going to add some lemon zest and some garlic again, salt and pepper, some dried herbs. And then we're going to... Put the marinade in half, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to marinate some four chicken legs. And then with the remaining marinade, uh, we are going to toss some uh, cooked mini potatoes and then add some fresh dill and green onions. So you've got your salad, and then we want to marinate the chicken for about uh, half an hour. You can even do it overnight, and then you're going to uh, uh, grill it off. So you've got this gorgeous Greek-style chicken and potato salad, uh, just a delicious family supper. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredible. Now, all the recipes you can find on the Walmart Canada Recipe Centre, but even easier. You can go to, yes, what, what, what she, she said, said website. Yeah. You can also follow along if you recreate any of these recipes, and you can um, follow the hashtag, uh, we love great value. So, you know, recreate these recipes, post them up on social media. And uh, again, yeah, you can go to, uh, I'll write a blog post, but walmart.ca slash. And, and walmart.ca slash. Recipe Centre. Well, gee, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, um, that to me is, I mean, the, I, I love curry chicken and I love right. curry chicken salad. So that sounds great. And using the yogurt gives you that added, added you know, healthy boost. Well, it right? does. And also the yogurt acts as a tenderizer for, for the chicken as well. Oh, so it's like sneaky. a double bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, and I'm calling these QDE recipes, quick, delicious, and economical because all of these recipes come in at under $3 a portion, right? So there's no need to hit the drive through after work. You can cook at home, you can cook healthy and, um, you know, save yourself some money as well. Charmaine Browden, always a pleasure. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is What She Said. We'll be right back. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. And now, more women-positive news you can use. This is What She Said. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I. Welcome back. A new book called My Courage to Tell is shining a light on something we don't often talk about. It's abuse from a sibling's perspective. Joining us now is the author, Laura Corbeth, who is here to share her story. Laura, welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm thrilled. Now, you've owned a graphic design and marketing business with your husband for more than two decades. Yes. You're now sharing this story about your struggle to overcome what amounts to a childhood of abuse at the hands of your brother who bullied you. It's a really tragic story, but also one of triumph. So tell us about the book. Yes. Um, Well, you know, I didn't seek out to write the book originally. This was something that happened uh, to me a few years ago, the book opens up with a semi-famous aunt who passed away in New York, in Manhattan. She was an Emmy Award-winning producer and writer. 
and she had a tragic death. Um, we all discovered a lot about my aunt after her death than anyone can imagine. Um, and it was the first time that I had to deal with my brother after all these years to administer her estate. And as we started to administer the estate, I started to see old behaviors. And he was very cruel to me growing up, something that I thought was quite over. But as we started to work on the estate, I started to experience trauma, something that I had absolutely no control over. And so um, there were mind games, sabotage, smear campaigns, twisting of truth, manipulations, and gaslighting all back in my life again. And as you can imagine, this blew up. <laughs> this did not go very well. And then uh, in the book, I have an awakening. And after my awakening, I travel back in time to my childhood where I find out why I'm having all this trauma. And I make another discovery that my brother was not the only toxic person in my life. And uh, that was quite drastic for me. That was a devastating awakening. And then I see a psychologist who helped me work through um, this awakening that I've had and and also work out my trauma that uh, I had never really worked out before. It was something new. Let's go back to your brother here for a minute. Yeah. How old were you when this happened? When when he bullied me? Yes. Or, yeah, I mean, it was from... What was the age the, difference? Well, three years older. And so uh, it started right away. It I was bullied since the time I came home. <laughs> did, did, did you have other siblings or was it just it the two of us? It was just the two of us. And uh, I think there was continual denial. Uh, he was very good at lying and covering up. Uh, there was, uh, I don't think anybody recognized because he was so good at the lying that uh it was completely ignored from my parents. Did you try to talk to your parents? I tried. I, you know, when I would complain about the bullying, it was always chalked up to sibling rivalry. And there, there was no cuts. There's no bruises. So everything's okay. There was that old saying, sticks and stones. And that, you know, it's just words. <laughs> Yeah. Give us but a, it was give more a, than that. It was give you know, us an example were, of yeah. what of what you're talking about because I think there are parents out there, and there are people who may have gone through something maybe not quite as dramatic, but yeah. certainly close. Yeah, you know what? It was more. There were threats to my life. I had witnessed my brother uh, being cruel to animals. He tortured them. He skinned and killed them. So the threats to me were very real. Yeah, I know it's shocking. As a little girl, you must have been terrified. Exactly. So the threat to hurt me was, okay, I've seen what he can do. And uh, so, yeah, he he really enjoyed intimidating me and using fear to control me. The physical abuse that I got was one of constraints. So he would hold me down. He would tickle torture me till I cried. Um, he would lick me. He would do anything. He would, anything that wouldn't show up afterwards. So I was traumatized. And if I complained to my parents, it was chalked up to you kids. You kids stop that. So can you imagine complaining to a parent and saying that you're being bullied. And that and your it, brother is threatening to kill you. Right. And nothing. There was just, there was, there was, you know, show me the bruises. It's just words. It's just words, Laura. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was all very devastating. But the, the other thing is he, he had no remorse. He had no, he had no empathy. There was something very lacking. But and then there was the other side. He's he's a very charming, charming. He's not like you would imagine a bully is punching. He was very charming, 
and still is very charming. <laughs> but you must have, as a young child, felt completely abandoned if nobody yes. seemed yeah. to believe you. Absolutely. And you had to live there. I did. I lived with my bully. And so at nine years old, after all of this uh, bullying, which was hidden abuse, which is never talked about, we always hear about other abuse, hidden abuse, I was shutting down at nine years old. I was sleeping in my closet. I was completely introverted, and I could not make friends. And it wasn't until a teacher uh, saw that I had some severe mental problems. And she was the only person that asked, what's wrong? And then I told her. And then finally, she said to my mother, you better do something. You're going to lose your daughter. And uh, so at that time, I got some help. But was it enough? He was still there? They tried, but you know what? Uh, the, behavior, the behavior did not change. So, and, and it was, you know, life went on. I, I, you know, went on with my life. I was told that uh, he had changed, and uh, it wasn't until my aunt died. And then I, and right back at the behavior was not changed. And the trauma, what I was shocked at was that the trauma that I had felt from the childhood was still there. It did not go away. I, whenever I talked about the situation, I, I had to remove myself because it was so, the PTSD was so strong. That never Unbelievable. went away. What do you want people to learn by reading this book? I want people to know that psychological abuse is not just words. There's been a big focus on sexual and physical abuse, but you can talk to any psychologist. They'll tell you that psychological abuse is is very damaging. And uh, I can't... Because you're I, right. You call it hidden. It's hidden. And... and it, it's like when I, when I, before I wrote the book, I met with psychologists and I asked them about psycho, like, what do you think people want? And they were saying sexual and physical abuse has been, it's been wonderful. People are very aware of it. But as far as psychological abuse, there's not much awareness. So, yeah, it's, I've done some research and read papers by the American Psychological Association right. that have confirmed this. So where can people get this book, My Courage to Tell, My Courage yep. Indeed? Where, where, can be, <laughs> where can people find this? They can get it at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there. Or uh, I have a blog, My Courage to Tell, and people can go there and read about the story. And they can follow me on Twitter as well, Laura underscore Corbeth if they want to do that and and learn all about uh, what I'm trying to do. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us tonight and and really for your courage in coming and telling people what happened to you. And hopefully that will open up uh, the conversation for other people. Thank you very much for having me. This is what she said. We'll be right back. you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. And now, more women-positive news you can use. This is What She Said. What she said, she said. 
What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. What you are listening to is Turning In by Toronto folk and soul artist Lydia Persaud. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, you graduated from Humber College's jazz program, and you've toured internationally with some pretty big names, such as the Au Pairs and Dwayne Gretzky. How did you get started? I grew up singing music at church, to be honest with you. I grew up uh, going to church and singing with the choir and singing in different productions, and then went to high school uh, in Brampton. It was all in Brampton. I grew up in Brampton, Ontario. And then I went to high school for music, and then Humber College. Wow. Now, you're released your debut album called Low Light. You're going to be releasing it October 20th. Mm -hmm. And the four tracks were all captured live to tape. Why did you want to record it like that? There was something about the albums that I grew up listening to and really ended up loving. And aesthetically speaking, there's a sound to that. And it is tape. And it is kind of keeping to that traditional process of playing one take, one song all the way through top to bottom, no stopping, no editing, um, and just having it be. And that is a process that I wanted to honor and really um, capture for this project. Was that more challenging than the traditional way of recording? Absolutely it is. I mean, digital is so easy. You can cut and paste and you can make things sound really seamless when they're not. But tape, you can't really do that. And so... I was kind of up for the challenge of trying to make every performance really solid and special. And so that was challenging, but it's so rewarding. What is it like for you having sung with bands to now be a solo artist? So fun. So, is so it? fun. It's just different. I mean, honestly, it's different because I'm usually hired as a side, side person. And so now I have my own music and it's really special to me. Now, you're celebrating the release of the EP with the Toronto show on October 25th at the Burdock Music Hall on Blur Street West. Mm-hmm. Where can people get tickets? People can get tickets online at, at burdock.com. I believe it's maybe burdockonblur.com. Um, but you'll find that all online. And I'll also be posting links to it on my Facebook page and website. So Lydia Prasad Music on Facebook and lydiaprasad.com for my website. And where can they get the music? They can get the music everywhere once it's out on the 20th. The single Low Light is already out, Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, and whatnot. But everything will be out on the 20th of October. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. Mm. That's it for What She Said this weekend. We'll be back next Saturday and Sunday at 10 p.m. Singing us out now is Lydia Prasad performing Low Light.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.